Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Demon Land podcast. My name is Andy, and joining me this week once again, um, Super Mercado. Good evening. How are you? Oh, good evening. I'm very well. It's uh, great to be back in the reflected glory of a victory. Especially a victory uh, in the top end, which uh, doesn't come all that often. I don't know. How many games have we won uh, in, in the Darwin experiment years? I'm going to say in Darwin 3. The first one was that one where we almost blew about a 40-point lead in the last quarter against Port and won by a point. Yes. Um, ended with that classic interview where Jamar was so tired that he just sat on the ground with Lee Colbert and <laughs> conducted his post-match interview. Uh, and then there was a free, I think, two years ago, yep. Dockers game that we won. I'm pretty sure that's it. I think that's it. We've we've lost yeah. um, we lost to Adelaide last year. That was in yep. Darwin. Uh, we lost to Frio four years ago because that was. If you go back and remember that game, Frio that Frio that night were us this time, <laughs> yeah. and us this time was Frio that time. It was uh, yeah, it was very much like watching Melbourne four years ago. Um, yeah, and we we haven't had that much success up there. I think we lost to Port. Possibly another time. Yeah, up there I think as we've well. played Port there a couple times. Uh, we've played, but we got about the six million dollars out of it. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> let's uh, let's hope it's been spent wisely. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so um, I mean, I, I I think the score score line uh, I think flattered the the Dockers. You'd have to say in the end, uh, it could have very easily been twenty four goals thirteen. Uh, we would have won by a hundred points. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was like a it was like a boxing match where uh, one one side was just punching the other one, and just uh, couldn't get them to quite drop in the end. We were really just just laying it into them. It was um, yeah, it was a it was a very dominant performance everywhere, but converting converting the goals. I, I had quite a frustrating uh, night. Um, so. For the weekend, we went away. Uh, in-laws have a house in the uh, Mornington Peninsula. Uh, we, Being school holidays, we decided to take the, the kids away for sort of a longer weekend. Um, I get up there and um, to find out that the Foxtel there has been disconnected. Um, it was a bit of a bit of a mistake or something, but it was to the point where it wasn't going to be back online uh, by uh, Saturday night. Um, it wasn't just a simple, simple fix. So, um, uh, luckily I have the, you know, the Telstra deal and I can watch the game. I've got a pretty big, I've got one of those iPad pros. I don't know if you've seen the screen. It's like the screen of the drive-in. Um, they're quite big, but uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but if you watch on an iPad, the actual viewing screen of the football is tiny. It's iPhone size. Basically, that they base, so they can so you can't connect it to your telly and you just cannot. watch it you, like got, a normal uh, like a normal game. That's right. They've got they've got an Apple TV up there, but you cannot uh, airplay to it. You can't even use cables to connect it. It knows that you're trying to not watch it on their small screen. Um, they just won't allow you to do that. They've locked all that down in the app. But it's just ridiculous that you're watching on a screen on a big screen, but it's just iPhone size, and then it's got stats you know, all around it. And what's really frustrating as well is the stats provide spoilers to the game that you're watching that's a few seconds, obviously, behind because every time we were lining up for a goal, I could tell the result (laughs) before I actually saw it. That is Uh, ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's where you get your watcher. Obviously, I would never watch a D's game, but when you watch someone else's game on the Foxtel Go on the computer, you can't have the tweet 
you can't have Twitter on because you'll see people reacting <laughs> before the actual kick. Because it's about usually about forty seconds behind. The only time I ever watched off an iPad and it was straight off an iPad because I just connected straight to Foxtel was five years ago. We lost to Fremantle by about ninety points, and it was the day after my wedding. So I, I holed up in the uh, in the post wedding hotel <laughs> and said, "Sorry, love, I've got business to conduct here." <laughs> Uh, and watched us go down by 90 points to the Dockers at Subiaco. So that was a that was an afternoon well spent. But that was a perfect experience. I expected it to go wrong at every stage because I wasn't even watching it on Wi-Fi. It was watching it on, I suppose, 3G at the time. Um, but unfortunately, unfortunately, we got there and I had to watch the whole game. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not great. But I had it was just so frustrating, and I think I sort of forgot that. The game was in Darwin and, you know, it was slippery and humid. And I sort of thought, well, what's happening to us? We're, we're dropping the ball. Um, and then I sort of soon remembered uh, that the conditions probably weren't great. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, you know, some of the poor skill, because there was at times uh, poor skill. And I think we, cause, just because we had more of the ball than they did, uh, I was... Uh, I initially was chalking it up to us uh, playing terribly, but I guess you have to take those conditions into account. Well, I don't know if there's ever been a good game uh, in in Darwin. Uh, you know, we've been. I've remembered one other 2011, the last win before 186. That was in Darwin against Port Adelaide. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's ever been a high quality game there. Um, so it's ironic that we keep going on about you know, having to increase the spectacle and everything. Well, don't sell games to places that it's, you know, like playing in Manila um, because it's effectively you couldn't put Richmond and Sydney there and get a good game out of it. You'd still get a rubbish game. Um, so I think it's just a case of getting through it. Unfortunately, by the sounds of the latest rumour and innuendo, getting through it for more years um, and Ooh. just... What's the latest? The what's best. the latest on that? Well, uh, the latest I saw that it was was that the suggestion that it was an all or nothing proposition, and we wouldn't be able to uh, you know, keep Alice Springs and handball Darwin to a you know blockbuster GWS Gold Coast <laughs> clash or similar. Yeah. Uh, I, I still live in hope that we might be able to to slice it down to one, uh, one only, and you know maybe pocket half a million dollars instead of a million dollars. Um, and make the Alice game all the focus on that, but I can't see it happening. To be honest, I think we're we're probably stuck with the Darwin game for a bit longer. Um, and what was also good about the Alice game, um, it seemed like we had the crowd for that one, um, despite the fact that it's close to Adelaide, who we played. But it felt like the Darwin game. It felt like we were the away team. I, I think. Uh, Despite you know they only had seven goals, but every one of those seven goals seemed to be a lot louder than our uh, thirteen. So yeah, I think they had a lot of people go over for it. Um, yeah, look, it's it's one of those things where you know I, I guess we the Northern Territory we made a million bucks and won by one hundred and fifty five points combined this year, but it's what happens this week yes. that we we look back on that and say you know did it totally gas the players? Um, you would like to think not because. They could almost coast through the end because there was absolutely no pressure coming the other way. Uh, it's not like they had to to battle against a you know, blockbusting Frio comeback in the last quarter or anything. Um, but we'll see if they all run like they've stuck in concrete 
Uh, not that we're obviously the quickest side around, so you could probably argue that how would you tell the difference if they all look slow this week? Uh, but I think that's where it's going to be. We'll look back and say, my God, you know, it's cost us. It's cost us the week after. Well, uh, yeah, you're still going to play in those conditions and play out the game, uh, so it's still going to have some effect. Uh, you're talking about pace. And, um, I'm sure you're aware Billy Stretch uh, was uh, announced yes. that he's injured, so we're going to lose a bit of pace there. I was quite impressed with Billy's game. Uh, yeah, he's been I... much maligned this year, and I thought he made a, a, a quite a nice comeback. Uh, yeah, nice no, absolutely. I, look, I thought he was he was one of the better players. Um, especially very early in the game, uh, and it's just such a shame for him. Like it's just that—that's just a classic Melbourne. That's oh, a Melbourne, yeah. <laughs> that's a classic Melbourne moment. Like this guy comes back. He played one game earlier in the year, had a really bad game, had to go back to the twos, fight his way in, makes it through the game. Yeah. Gets to training on Monday. Goes, oh, geez, I've got a bit of a sore toe. Yeah. And next thing you know, he's probably out for the rest of the season. Oh, well, um, those injuries from Melbourne players. Uh, what, we've got seven games to go for the year. <laughs> That's a six to eight. And uh, how many toe? Those, Tom McDonald had a toe injury. He had a toe injury. Didn't someone else Sam have a toe? Frost. Sam Frost. Never saw him again after yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> it was like they'd amputated it. He just like disappeared for the next 15 weeks. So we have a shocking run with toe injuries. Yeah, we do. Um, I propose amputation of all toes just in the Do it team. early. Do the Daniel Chick and just have them off. So um, they can't cause problems. Sam Frost, uh, you mentioned him. I, you know, I didn't have a lot of stats. I'm looking at the stats now, but I, I was quite impressed with some, some the run of his off halfback. Um, all right, Frio, you, you know it is Frio, but yeah. I thought he was all right. Um, oh, I thought they nailed all all the selections this week. Um, came off, but Frost, I think not just the stats, but just look at the times when his opponent was pushing up to the to the wing or pushing outside the 50 and he was right behind and yep. always had the pressure on them, which is what we've, I think we've really been lacking in the last few weeks, that player to really with that quickness out of defense to put the pressure on, on his opponent um, and get back up and down the ground. Like you're never going to get, he's never going to be kicking 50 meter bombs down the wing that hit the target every time. Uh, but for just genuine defense and for being on a man, uh, I thought he was really good. Again, yes, Frio's forward line was about as scary as our one the year Chris Dawes kicked 20 and led the goal <laughs> kicking. Um, and it seems, obviously, I don't follow the fortunes of Frio and didn't know who three quarters of their players were, but is Shane Kirsten a defender now? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. To, he, didn't say, he seemed to be in defence a lot more than being a forward. Um, and as we all know, random positional changes are uh, about one out of ten. They They come off and then the other nine is the first step to the end of someone's career. Exactly. But I, I, he probably was playing forward, but every time they got the ball, the player had to stop because there was not a player. Yeah. <laughs> like at halfback, there wasn't a player in front of them. And they, you know, that was their downfall as yeah, well. The yeah, old, the old Bailey ball move of playing your forward line across the halfback <laughs> yeah. line. Um, I thought uh, Petraka probably had, if not his best, one of his best games for the club, um, if not the best. I uh, don't think he's ever had twenty nine possessions before for us. Yeah, no, he was certainly he was certainly strong. I still just I'm baffled as to his goal kicking. Oh. Uh, if you remember back to his first season, yep, he couldn't kick any he couldn't kick a set shot to save himself. His second season, mm-hmm. he was kicking them from everywhere. Yeah, and his third season, he's gone back to not being able to kick them. So it's like we know he's capable of kicking set shots. 
what's different in the last couple of years uh, because he's just got no reliability. And thank God he, he obviously had a really good game other than that. Um, so you're not, it's not like, you know, the week before where Sam Wiedemann only had seven kicks and two of them were missed shots at goal. Yeah, yeah. You, you got that benefit from Petrarca doing other stuff as well. So I, I definitely think it was a really good outing for him, him too. But, geez, they need to work on that goal kicking if he's going to be in the forward line. I mean, how good would his stats have been had he kicked? Yeah, he's had 29 uh, possessions and kicked three goals. Um, add to that the five tackles as well. Would have been, you know, perfect stats. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's just a case of making the most of the opportunities. And we all know that's been our, our problem a lot this year. But our problem a lot this year has been getting the ball in there and not even generating a score out of it. Yeah, yeah. So to get the ball into someone's hand, you know, 30 metres out, 40 metres out, uh, and only to kick a point you know, is, is better than it bombing in and coming straight out again. But still... You know, that's what we have to work on. We have to work on getting it into someone's hand. So when we do get it into their hand, we don't want to miss easy chances. And a lot of those uh, misses were from set shots. Uh, it wasn't there wasn't it wasn't as if they were all sort of blazing away at goals. Uh, some of these no, misses were set shots. I mean, can we blame this on the the conditions? I, I, I don't. I'd lo- I'll, I'll try. Uh, well, let, I guess let's look at what happens this week if yeah. we uh, bounce back and kick eighteen five or <laughs> you know kick thirteen thirty six or something. We'll we'll know one way or the other. Yeah, we're due for for a, a sharp shooter game. But uh, anyone else sort of uh, impress? I mean, for me, Bailey Fritch continues uh, to just impress. It's lock an absolute lock. Uh, for best first year player, I think oh, I said last week. Absolutely, he's yeah. No, got that I, I was very impressive. Obviously, Gorn um, yep. was impressive. Oliver, I mean, thirty five percent. Oliver was definitely, I think, best on ground. Yeah. Um, I, I did like Garlett. Well, he that, didn't do uh, a massive amount, but his what he did was good. His presence was good. Um, obviously, our forward pressure was uh, streets ahead of what it had been. Um, in the last few weeks, and I don't think he, you could say he was single-handedly responsible for that. It was a, a team effort, um, but his contribution certainly justified them them rolling the dice and bringing him back. Yeah, he had six tackles, um, which is great. Uh, good stats for him because there's been times when he hasn't had the forward pressure there. I, I, I thought I was a little disappointed with him and Spargo maybe not being at the feet of the forwards, particularly when the ball was dropping um, you know, it was pretty hard to mark. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed in that, but not to the point where I'm looking to send any of the guys, those guys back, uh, you know, to the twos for that. Yeah, well, I think it's a case this week. We've had, we've had weeks where everyone was jumping for the ball. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. had weeks where people were dropping the ball and there was no one crumbing it from them. Yeah. If we go in this week and you see either of those two again, then it's time to start you know, waving your wooden leg in the stands and <laughs> calling for sackings because, gee, we're getting the ball down there a lot. And, and, look, we know it's not just Fremantle. We got the ball down there a lot against Port. Yeah. Um, we got the ball down there a significant amount considering the result against Collingwood. Um, it's just we've just got to find a way to, to get some separation, as they say, on the forwards so that your Hogan's and your McDonald's can can get out and take those marks. And hopefully when the ball is not, you know, dripping with sweat, uh, they'll be able to clutch them better 
next week. But then, yes, like you say, the, we've got to have the crummers as well. Uh, if you would like to join uh, us on the show, zero uh, three. 90163 That's 0390163366 or Demonland31 on the Skype. I'm impressed with the, the stat by D Zephyr in the chat room that says we set a record in the AFL VFL with 50 forward half intercepts. Yes. Uh, that is, uh, th- well, I don't know if that's, uh, that's on us or it's on Fremantle's uh, absolutely dreadful performance. Well, there was uh, th- there were some stats uh, from the game uh, that was about the, uh, the demon dominance. Uh, I'm just going to pull that up uh, now. Um, what did it say? The demons. Yeah, well, I think uh, it, was, it was one of the most, the biggest inside fifty differences yeah. of all time. Uh, Melbourne has has been the stats darling this season, and Saturday's fifty four point victory over Fremantle in the top end was no different. The Demons amassed fifty forward half intercepts, the second most recorded behind uh, Richmond's fifty two in round ten last year. Uh, while their seventy eight to twenty eight inside fifty edge was the equal third biggest. Uh, Melbourne's forty five inside fifties to half time was also the third most ever. And its 23 behinds were the equal highest in any game this season. <laughs> and the equal 15th highest in Melbourne Football Club history. Oh, okay, well, there you go. Uh, the Demons, 41 shots on goal, including complete misses. <laughs> yeah, got to include On the full, because we had a couple of those as well. Are ranked behind only their 46 in round eight, and their 29 shots more than the Dockers was the second largest differential to the Giants' 33 in round nine. So, and you've got the table there of the biggest inside 50 differentials. Yeah. I see Geelong round 16, 2013. That was against us. Yes. Cadinia Park in pissing rain. Uh, and funnily enough, Geelong round 20, 2011. That was the week after 186. So, oh, Gold, okay. Coast, so, so Gold Coast managed to re- restrain the defeat to about 160 points, um, but via more inside 50s. So we lost by about 20 points more via less inside 50s, which says it all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Geelong would have had uh, quite the big uh, percentage boost in those two weeks. That would have to be the greatest fortnight. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a season where teams went out of their way to be extremely cruel to each other, uh, I seem to remember Collingwood beat Port by about 150, uh, and I think Cawthorn beat Port by about 160 as well. Yeah. Um, within the space of about two or three weeks. And there was also that season where Gold Coast was about 90 points down at quarter time against Essendon. And I thought, yes, the record is going. Someone <laughs> is going to take our, our 190. And not only did Gold Coast survive, but later in the season, we went out and almost took it ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, uh, that's, that sort of reminds me um, of the grand final where Geelong uh, broke the record that uh, wiped our, our one yes. away. Even though I despise Geelong, I was quite yep. happy uh, for them to do it. Yeah, I was. I'm, I've got nothing against Port, but geez, I was punting the Cats home. Yeah, that day to take the record away. Um, we spoke about Clary. Um, fifty he brought up his fifty games uh, this this week. A uh, couple of stats from. Uh, do you follow Sir Swamp Thing on? Um, I, I do. I like a. I like a good novelty stat. I, I love all the. I love all of his stats. <laughs> um, uh, most handballs uh, after fifty games. Clayton's taken that out. Uh, he's quite a lot. He's over a hundred and twenty-three ahead of Greg Williams. Um, 
I reckon adjusted for amount of handballs in the game, Diesel's probably about two times ahead of him. To be fair, but on, on raw numbers, he's uh, yeah, he's poleaxed him. But also, game uh, aren't games shorter uh, these days as well? Oh, that's true. Moderately, <laughs> for now, he'll never be beaten when the games are all ten minute quarters oh, yes. next year, and they're playing on twenty five meter square fields. Yeah, <laughs> with with twelve zones, uh, his record can never be beaten. Uh, most contested possessions after fifty games, uh, he's four behind uh, Patrick Cripps. So there's two guy, two contemporaries, um, uh, and then uh, most tackles after fifty games. He's third on the list, but only eight behind uh, Ben Howlett, and five ahead of Geordie McKenzie. Ah, there you go. I didn't even realise Geordie was on that list. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, with with Oliver, it's been. I just keep waiting for it to go wrong. Like, In we got way. teased by Gisberts, we got teased by Morton. I oh, know, well, they, we they got teased, too. But they were all it? these sort of slight, thin people coming into terrible teams. But I guess I've just been been so broken by the hope over the years that I just keep thinking, oh, God, when's it going to go wrong? When's it going to go wrong? And it just doesn't go wrong. And I think part of that is that he's just got a sixth sense for football. Like, he'll know, he'll handball over his head, he'll, he'll pick it up and just dish out a handball, I don't even think he's thinking about what he's doing. He's just got that sixth sense for what to do um, that I think will be enduring. Uh, we've got a caller. Hello, you're on uh, on the air. Who am I talking uh, to? Hey, this is uh, Bidman. Uh, Bidman, how are you doing, mate? Good, thanks. Uh, this talk of all statistics is... Uh, uh, I just wanted to flag, actually, or to say I'm really super impressed with uh, Super Mercado's Demon Wiki site. It's an incredible site and such a fantastic resource for um, for Demon fans. And the Thanks. numbers, uh, um, I was looking at it today and uh, I thought it was worth flagging that if we make the finals, um, Nathan Jones will become the fourth, according to Demon Wiki, uh, our fourth highest games player, which I think is... He gets a lot of stick, um, which I'm amazed at, really, given he's, um, what he's contributed to the club. Um, that's, he puts him up in rarefied air. And if we, if we had played more finals over the last sort of decade, that would have obviously boosted him a lot higher in the, in the, uh, the rankings now already. It's just that he's coming off that, that low base with those extra games. Um, that's probably left him, you know, what, about 40 more games to go for the record, but, um, yeah, he's definitely definitely heading towards it. Well, I think he's, now he's 251, so if he plays the rest of the season, he's level with Stephen Phoebe, who must have played, well, 10 finals. Yep. Robbie Flower, who played three, is listed... Uh, I'm not quite sure how it's listed. He's, he's second, but with the fourth number on uh, the list here, so it's quite a probably work a, on probably uh, the Probably a classical typo on my behalf. A deliberate typo. Um, oh, and, well, well um, let's, let's go with so, that. Yeah, I mean... It... What is the current record uh, of games at the Ds? Uh, uh, I'm just looking yeah. at now, 306 for David Neitz. So he should... I mean, Jones should uh, end up beating that in his career, barring... I mean, how, how long How long do you think Jones has got? Uh, he's, what, 29 now? 28, 29. Yeah, he he should he should get that barring uh, any injuries. He's been incredibly resilient. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know that he's had any serious knee injuries. I think he's probably only missed 
maybe 20 games since he's started. So he's been one of those players that seems to, to not get the sort of knee or major... Um, I mean, he had his injuries last year or the year before. Um, but, you know, if we play finals this year and hopefully the next two or three years, uh, he'll give 306 a shake, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think he, he will, no matter what happens, he will quite easily eclipse uh, Robert Flower for second. Yeah. I think he'll easily go past that. And yeah, I'd back him to... I'd back him to get to the the top as well. How many finals has he played? Nathan Jones, he would have been lucky Just to in play two thousand six. Uh, one or yeah, one or two maximum. Fortunately, we have yeah, a list called most two. games played in finals that will allow me to look that up. And this is riveting radio, I'm sure <laughs> That's that I right. can. Uh, <laughs> behind Frank Bluey Adams, twenty two. Uh, he's played two. Two. Same amount two. as Chris. Right, yeah, two that year. David Flintoff, Darren Cuthbertson, Alan Jakovic, John Howatt. So and he had hair that company. year, so... Yes, he did. <laughs> what, what, Warren Pickett. Yeah. If we do make the finals, and I, I don't like the F word uh, still so far out, but um, if he does, he must have the record... Well, definitely for Melbourne, uh, in between uh, games in between finals. So he played in 2006 yeah. and now 2018. You'd have, you'd, have a, you'd have a point there because there wouldn't have been <laughs> no. anybody between the nine, the early 1900s and 1915. No, yeah. Um, there wouldn't have been probably anyone to to the next the next finals in the 20s was about 25. Yep. Um, and then we've never really had, apart from the mega gap yep. after 64, we've never had that bigger gap since. Yep. So... Uh... There you go. That's uh, I'll take uh, all copyright on that stat. <laughs> <laughs> and can I say how how as much as I don't want anything good to happen to Collingwood that I'm um, depressed at Lyndon Dunn's yes uh, yeah, no. injury, given that he hadn't played a final at all. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, you know, if we if we had to wear the misery of Collingwood being in the finals, um, that was something I was really looking forward to him being out there. Uh, so it's a real shame um, that he's not only going to miss the finals, but you know, probably a, a large chunk of next year as well. Well, let's hope Colin... a bit of an irony with um, uh, how playing so well for them really is in exactly the sort of role that Lever's playing, well, was playing for Melbourne and uh, you know, that sort of floating intercept marking player and uh, we could do with how uh, playing that role for us at the moment. But remember when he went to Collingwood and it was like, I want to be a forward. I don't want anything else. You've got to play me as a forward. And about five games in, they went, no, go back. And, you know, but it's then, been a success. So. But then took credit for his, because wasn't he playing uh, that role at the D's before he left? He did a little bit. Well, of he went forward season, again right at the end. months he was. And I loved how Buckley was credited yeah. for reinventing <laughs> him at the halfback flank. So. Yeah, he, I remember he went forward right at the end again. But yeah, there was a lot. I mean, that year there was a lot of switching around. Yeah. People just going from one end to the other just to see what might stick. Like an under tens game. <laughs> yeah, just to see something <laughs> might work. Just on that list of the top ten um, game players for the D's, it's a it's a really incredible list of fantastic footballers. And um, it, it, it on Demonland, I find it interesting the sort of. Nathan Jones, some people love him, but he does get quite a few critics about, you know, not performing in big games. And, um, but, you know, I think it's quite, given what he's given to the club, um, it's, I, I think, pretty unfair criticism, some of the, what he cops. 
yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of his, and you know what? When when people have those criticisms of him, but oftentimes when you know we have those games where they say that he's not performing, the rest of the team's not doing much either. So you know you can't put all the blame on one guy's shoulders. Yeah, and I think look to be no. fair, he, his peak is probably a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, but he's still a valuable contributor. I don't expect him to be best on ground. I don't expect him to carry the rest of the team on his shoulders like he did four or five years ago. Um, You know, think back to some of those midfields we had, and they were just like, he was was it. It was just nothing else. Now, he's he's a role player. He's part of the part of the group, uh, and I think he does does really well. And 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 he's improved. Yeah, and I imagine he'll improved his kicking. I, I reckon he'll go back into the bat to fulfill that Jordan Lewis role. Um, in the twilight of his career. And those of us who have been critical of Jordan Lewis will go out of our way to be <laughs> critical positive him, yeah. to anything that Nathan Jones does, even if he does exactly the same thing as, as Lewis did for 22 games in a row. We'll be like, no, nothing wrong with Nathan Jones. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> Everyone back off. Because that's just the sort of blind loyalty I have to the man. Um, well, what did you think? Well, well, I can ask both of you. Uh, Jordan Lewis on the weekend, um, I wasn't very happy with uh, the 50 metres penalty he gave away. Obviously, it didn't cost us anything in terms of the game, but uh, it's not what you want to see from a leader. Oh, I think he's uh, all right with elbow. the ball in the hand, but I think he's a liability with the ball not in the hand. Um, I, I think it's okay when, if he gets the ball, you can. he's probably going to hit a target. But without the ball, um, I just think we really need to start looking at what the replacement is for next year. And whether there's one on our list, I'm not sure. Um, whether you look at a Josh Wagner, for instance, or you've got to look outside. But I really don't think we can take him into next season. And I know that's a there's a very uh, passionate thread on Demon Land yep. uh, about Jordan Lewis, where people are almost coming to physical blows, <laughs> pro or pro or anti. Um, but I just think that yeah, it's we might get we might get away with it this year, but we're not getting away with that in twelve months' time. Bin man, no, um, he will retire. I think at the end of the year, I would have thought. I um, mean, my feeling is I'm I'm sort of loath to criticise players, but I mean, our big for my perspective, our biggest weakness at the moment is our lack of pace. And um, there was some commentary about um, I think Nasher said about the kicking whether he was. You know, was it was smart to kick off the ground because it was slippery, but I think he's not. He's kicking the ball off the ground because he can't bend down. It looks pretty evident. Um, and he's a smart player. He's a good user of the ball, but he's slow. There's no question about it. That, which is why Vince is out of the side. You can't have. I think that was a good thread on Demelan. You really can't have both of them at the moment. And uh, um, I can see them swapping. Actually, I can see Vince coming in at some point for well, for Lewis. I can't see Lewis playing next year. Uh, there was a presser today with um, with the coach, um, and I think the question was asked about uh, Vince and whether they can play the two of them in the same side. Um, I, I'm assuming both of you don't think that we can. No, I have been I saying that all year. Bin man? No, I don't think we can now. I mean, I really, I mean, our biggest, my biggest concern for the D's is twofold is, our kicking skills, we don't um, uh, have enough players to really sort of, not 
I mean, not so much elite. We just don't have... We have too many players who turn the ball over, particularly at the sort of through the middle of the ground, and we don't have enough pace. So those two um, are both good kicks, but they're not quick enough. Um, and, I mean, there's talk about Oscar Baker, but his kicking doesn't look fantastic either, I have to say. So, well, we've got the... Uh, this week, obviously, Billy Stretch is going to be out, and... Um, I, 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 would you bring Vince in or would you go for a baker um, that's got a bit of pace, considering Hunt isn't available yet? No, that's a good question. I either really was so disappointed to see Stretch um, uh, injured. I mean, I, I really was... I thought it was very tough for him to be dropped after that Richmond game. I really do. He had, you know, he had the pace. He's pretty neat with his skills. He doesn't miss too many targets. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can bring you can't. I don't think you can have Lewis and Vince in the same yeah. side. We're just too slow, particularly on the G this Saturday. I think you know you'd need to almost look at someone like maybe it's the opportunity for um, for Baker. I don't know, but uh, we definitely need some pace. Yeah, um, I mean you could have both of them. He really like Vince could come back in for Lewis and Baker could come yeah, in for Stretch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and uh, Smith, uh, well, the reports from training were that Smith, I think, because uh, I think he did his hip or something, strained something uh, on the weekend. Uh, I think he was having a test early on at training, but then joined the main group. But uh, there might be a cloud on him as well. Right. Well, the last time we played the Bulldogs, they basically played without a forward line. Uh, it didn't help, didn't help them that one of their players, one of their few forwards did a hammy uh, in the first quarter. But... It's not like there are, and, and please don't replay this if they do us in Kilda and kick 130 <laughs> points. It's not like they're a fearsome attack. Yeah. And Bontempelli no, was, was out it, as well. Was it the um, Dogs game when Lever got injured? Yes. Uh, yes. yes. At, at, um, at Dogland. Uh, yeah, I forget the name of Sorry to be stadium. like the ABC. <laughs> Sorry, at Etihad Stadium. So he got injured. We were down a defender in that game and we still... We still were too strong, but at the G, yeah, I mean, they've they've got good spread. Um, so you know, I think that Oscar Baker definitely comes into consideration. But uh, it's a real shame for Hunt. It's a real shame for the club that um, Hunt one dropped down, but two got injured. And I think from memory, he got injured in the last thirty seconds, or if, if from memory, the last kick of of that game. I think against Collingwood, perhaps. And uh, so he, I think he's a huge loss for us, actually. That's another typical Melbourne injury, <laughs> right on the death knell of the game. Yeah, yeah it only happens to us. Yeah, <laughs> it happens in the first, the first twenty seconds, in or in the warm up. I remember we once lost to Phoebe in a warm up. I think uh, back in the late eighties, early nineties. Could could you bring the player in at the? the last minute at that point? Did they used to have the holdover? No, I don't think so. I think uh, in the warm-up, that's uh, bad luck. I think a Colton player this year got injured. Um, might have even been um, Murphy or someone got injured in the warm-up. Uh, yeah, and they year. had to run the other guy out of the uh, out of the change rooms about five minutes into the game. <laughs> Do you remember there was a North game before they really tightened up on the rules? There was a bloke who played in the VFL. As in, I, the, I don't the know game, who it was. The game played before North, the, the game played, before. played on the same day. The day I don't think before. it was the same ground. Oh, not even the same ground because they used to played, play before. Yeah, played for played for North against or played for Werribee, whoever they were at the time. Went to the game. Someone got injured in the warm up, and he came on and played half the played half the seniors <laughs> game as well. You never get away with that now, and that was only probably seven or eight years ago. <laughs> 
That's amazing. Um, uh, Bin Man, anything else? Uh, no, just uh, I'd like uh, the other question I've got is, of course, whether we'll make the finals. And <laughs> um, um, it would be really terrible if we don't this year. I mean, there's pretty, there's no real way to, to uh, sugarcoat it. If we don't make the finals, it'll be a huge kick in the guts for the club, I think, given, well, particularly, I mean, I, I, I wasn't thinking top four. Well, if I'm honest, I probably was. Um, but, uh, you know, given that there was discussion about us being top four, to not make the finals would be a massive hit. But um, I think some of the more sort of silly commentary on Demon Land is around, um, you know, questioning Goodwin and his future in that. So um, I, I think he's a fantastic Goodwin, and um, I think he perhaps is a little bit stubborn in some respects, but he gets paid the big bickies for that. So, um, you know, I, I guess the question that I would, you know, for the podcast is, is are we going to make the finals and what are the implications um, uh, if we don't? Well, I, I'm going to say no, um, but I still reckon we'll win 12 games. So we're going to, I reckon we'll go 24-20 over two seasons and not play finals either time. Um, to me, the big, con, the, I reckon Geelong and Collingwood are past us now. Um, I still think we can beat Geelong in Geelong, but I think they will qualify for the finals quite easily. I think it comes down to Hawthorne and North um, and then maybe GWS and Adelaide. I think that's the that's the battle for the last two spots, those five teams. We, we sort of need some other results to go our way as Absolutely. well, like even like an Adelaide knocking off Geelong uh, tomorrow night. Are they playing yep. tomorrow night or, th- or Friday? Whenever they're playing. Um you know, I sort of I was hoping the Bulldogs would have knocked Hawthorne off, um, but then yep. I also didn't want the Bulldogs getting too cocky. <laughs> so, but well, there's, yeah, yeah, there's, I think we talk, talked about it last week. There's a, a massive game in Hobart, North Melbourne, West Coast, where on paper you would say West Coast would probably win, but in Hobart, North a play far above themselves. Imagine selling games to a place that actually benefits your team. Uh, so I think if North win that, that puts them in a great position. Um, that is, you know, we, we can still do it off our own dime. Um, you know, we win in Geelong, we win in Adelaide against the Crows. That puts us in a really good position. Um, but I think if, if everything goes as the, the bookies would suggest it would go at the moment, uh, I think we're going to miss out very unluckily because there can't have been too many 12 and 10 teams, except us last year, uh, who haven't played finals. And certainly I'm willing to put my life on a team that's done it two years in a row and not played finals. Our, our percentage, well, how, how is that helping us at all in your calculations, providing oh, we don't have a thumping loss to someone? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I think versus North Melbourne versus GWS versus Adelaide. No, well, GW, GWS doesn't matter. They've got a two-point... They've got the draw, got the of draw. course. Yes, you're right. So they can pretty tip us out by yeah. two points in the last round. Yeah. Um, look, I don't, I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that we're out of it. Um, we, if we lose this week, oh, I'm shutting the door yeah. and pulling the blinds down <laughs> and walking out. That's, uh, I think that's the Geelong game is going to be an absolute eight-pointer. If we win that, we're right back in the mix. Um, and then we, we want, you know, unless, you, unless you've got the philosophy that West Coast are about to bomb out, which if they'd lost last week, c- could have potentially been in play, um, we want them to beat North. 
you know, it's going to come. There's going to be a Geelong Hawthorne game in either the second or last round where we don't we don't know now who we want to win that game. Yeah, because uh, it could be crucial for us. So we've just got to keep. We've got to win at least one of those Geelong or Adelaide games, um, and then yeah, get a few results going our way and win all the ones we we're supposed to win um, to be in the mix. But I, look, I can't see us finishing any higher than sixth now. Um, Super Mercado, do you think is Sydney at the G um, and goal, uh, GWS at the G are the, the ones we should win? Sydney at the G, winnable, there. but not. I think GWS, we would probably be more likely. Um, and fingers crossed they've been, you know, put away by then and roll out the, you know, roll out the Dylan Buckleys and the Dawson Simpsons of the world um, for the last round. But, yeah, look, if we... if if we I, win I thought two the same of thing Geelong, about... Adelaide, or Sydney at the G, I think that would put us in a good place. We've got it's Sydney at the G, isn't it? Yeah, we, we yep. play them at the G. So for me, they're the two critical games. I, you know, I think that we struggle against Sydney because I, I think that their strength is our strength, the the um, contested ball. Um, uh, and I think that if we beat both of the, those sides, for me, we make the top eight. Our percentage, I think, Andy, will be a huge, mm. a huge benefit. 120 plus. We've, I think, we're only behind Richmond, yeah, Richmond. Um, aren't we, in, yeah. on percentage? And um, you know, I think that if we win those two games, we'll we'll make the finals. And I think was the other, what was the other one? The Geelong. Finals, you know, Geelong we make game. the finals. We deserve to make the finals. You know, we need to beat those teams anyway if we've got any chance in the finals. So. Um, our time is now for that. He said GWS and Sydney. Oh, I said, well, I think the Geelong one is crucial just because they're also in the race with us. The eight point. Game. Um, I, I think that yeah, we can. <clears throat> the more the more opportunities there are to sort of sneak through the sneak through the crowd and make it, uh, the better. I wouldn't want it to come down to the last round, where you've got uh, Adelaide plays Carlton, Geelong plays Gold Coast, uh, Hawthorne plays Sydney, so that could be a, could be on the cards. North place and Kilda, and Collingwood play Fremantle away. Um, there's not many favours coming our way in that last round. If we want, no, uh, if, we, see, if we require other Adelaide, to go, I can't see Adelaide pressing, and I'm more confident of being Adelaide in Adelaide than Geelong at Geelong. I mean, we just don't win games of footy at Geelong, so um, you know, I reckon we could mark that one down as a loss. And sure, if we win it, that's a complete bonus. But they play it so well. Um, we shouldn't. No one should have to play football there. That's, uh, what happened yeah. to the, What happened to the days where they used to, if there was a big game, they might move it to the MCG. <laughs> Remember those days, like or Waverley, just yeah. to really take the piss out of Geelong fans. Because <laughs> they used to do that when there was a big spectacle on. They'd, and I think Geelong got screwed a couple of times with that type of thing, where the games were moved. Well, maybe well, we can yeah. get a, uh, a a social media campaign going. You know, eighty thousand people with <laughs> the G, and the AFL will buckle and play that game at the G. That'd be terrific. Oh, can we get? Can we maybe try Docklands just for the uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe just to be cynical for the uh, benefit of winning it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, fellas. Thank you very much, both for uh, Andy for Demonland and oh, for no Super Mercado for um, uh, Demon Wiki. It's a, they're both Thank fantastic you. for um, us long-suffering Demon fans. And uh, keep up the good work. Thanks, mate. Thank you very Appreciate the call. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. That was uh, Demonland contributor uh, Bin Man. Um, if you would like to join uh, the conversation, zero uh, three nine zero one six. Three triple six uh, or Demonland thirty one on Skype.
Um, so we sort of went a, a little bit uh, all over the place with discuss- things we're going to talk about. Um, uh, we've talked about Oliver. Um, Casey. Uh, oh, well, before that, uh, Wayne Carey's bizarre suggestion. Uh, were you aware of uh, what uh, the the scenario that Wayne Carey laid down? It, well, it was more a suggestion for Carlton to trade their number one pick uh, for three uh, ex-GWS uh, uh, players who currently play for the Ds. Uh, that was Tom Bug, Dom Tyson, and Sam Frost. Now, I, I was aware of the suggestion, but yep. I didn't twig at the time that it was the, the three ex-GWS players. So now I'm starting yes. to wonder, was this was this a, a Carlton-GWS <laughs> gag that well, has just turned bad on, on Wayne Carey? When, when I heard... The suggestion, which is something that I read on Demon Land, so I just read the words of what the scenario is. I said, Wayne Carey's got to be taking the piss. Has to be. It's just a joke. Maybe a joke at Sosser's expense because of, he loves the, you know, be salivating at the prospect of getting uh, three GWS uh, recycled players. Um, but then you look at the video. There was video on uh, Facebook, a uh, 7 AFL Facebook page, put up the video from the the. Talking Footy or whatever show he's on, he was serious. I don't think there was a joke in it. He was. They should have stopped the show and forced <laughs> him to undergo a drug test. Unless I am uh, cannot read sarcasm and have lost the ability to. He was serious. Or if he's a rare comic genius, it, it wasn't even. <laughs> I would have even seen that. I'm t- I, he was dead serious as a suggestion. I mean that that's uh, that's classic forum. Forum <laughs> trades where it's like let's just package three players <laughs> up for like one great player. Uh, look, I, I, I tend to see where he's going in that they don't want to just you've got because we've all been through this. Yeah, yeah. You don't just want to drop a number one draft pick in a shambolic environment. But I think where what you do if you were going to get rid of the number one pick, you want to do like the the Salem Tyson thing, and you want to get a player and you want to go from pick one to pick five or pick yeah, six yeah. or something like that, you still want to get a good kid in. Mm. But in that case with the number one, even then you might want to get two good medium level players in. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure at the moment a Tyson or a bug are really the kind of players that you want. Like at least a frost is a big body. He's quick. He's got good attributes. Um, I don't know if they're – that might have just been an example on his behalf, but I think from from if this was us doing the deal, I would say, for God's sake, no. Let's still get a kid in, but let's say, all right, instead of the number one pick, we're going to take the number five pick because, as we all know, in five years' time, it's just as likely the number five pick is going to be the best player out of that draft. Yeah. But then you also get the mature bodies in who are going to make a difference to a list that's crap. Technical term. Yes. Um, well, talking about number one picks, I mean, that uh, our, Jack, our old Jack Watts, um, well, now I saw an interview with um, uh, their coach. Um, oh, what's his name? Ken. Ken yeah, Kinkley. Yeah, uh, and he was copying. <laughs> he was trying to stick up uh, for the old number one uh, pick. Uh, he was going, you've got to realise he, he's not a number one pick anymore. We got him for pick 31. <laughs> Jesus, it's fallen to that level, has it? God, I feel, I feel bad for him. I, yeah. I, I could almost have him back for like you know, pick seventy-five or something, and just and just start again for well, romantic purposes. 
Well, he wouldn't have missed uh, goals on the weekend, that's for sure. <laughs> no, but mind you, Tom McDonald had one and he he flubbed it and he's yeah, he the, uh, the new great white hope of that's goal right. kicking. So it might have just been one of those nights where, where everyone was off. Now, I didn't get to see any of the uh, Casey game. Uh, I hear that it was in uh, shocking uh, shocking conditions. Yep. Uh, yeah. I was in the morning to Peninsula and it didn't stop raining all weekend, particularly on Saturday. Uh, I imagine that was the conditions in Melbourne as well. Yeah, it was an absolute Casey Fields special. <laughs> I, I did watch. I did watch it all, um, especially when it became clear North weren't going to kick a goal, and I, I sort of wanted to make sure that I sat there and saw a team not kick a goal in a game for the first time ever. <laughs> uh, look, it was one of those games where there's really hard to take anything out of it because yeah. it was just such slop football. Um, Jay Kennedy Harris was really good. Um, he was he was sort of playing like it was a dry day, um, and Aaron Vandenberg, I think he had about six tackles in the second quarter alone. He only came on at quarter time, yeah, um, and he looked really good. I've uh, always been a the, fan, but the question is, <laughs> yeah. do they bring him back and play him as a midfielder, or do they bring him back and play him as a forward? I'd play, again, I'd like play him as last forward. season. I'd play him as a forward, and there you, you're going to miss probably the six tackles in the. Mm in a quarter. Yeah. So it's, at least he's going to be an option. Well, does he have pace? He... Does he have pace? For, it was probably hard in, uh, in that, but does he have the pace to, to go in the midfield in, in, at AFL level? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, obviously his first season, he was, you know, pretty good. Yep. Um, and then after that, they, they more shifted him forward. I guess he just provides an option um, to do either. Do you, do you think we'll see him this year, uh, given uh, he's all right with injuries, gets through games, gets a bit of fitness behind him? Depends where we're at. Like yeah. if we if we lock in a team now that that's going to start winning games and we don't want to make changes, um, I wouldn't have thought so. But in the end of the year, look if it goes if it goes wrong, if we get injuries, I think in a few weeks' time, um, once he's got those. Games, having not played a game of footy for six hundred days, yeah. whatever it was, he's going to need a few more, a few more weeks. Uh, and I think Casey might have the buy next week, perhaps, or, or even maybe even this week. I don't know. They've definitely got the buy in the next couple of weeks, um, so that kind of throws a spanner in the plans of getting games into him. Can we play him? Uh... <laughs> They seem to have about twenty-seven buys a year in the VFL, yeah. so there's always there's always one not far away. What are we in uh, round fifteen now? Uh, we playing this. We're playing uh, the Bulldogs this week. Casey Fields at two o'clock on Sunday. If you want to get down, um, pissing down with sideways. Got rain. Geelong in Geelong um, at. Uh, the GMHBA State. It looks like we're playing um, before as the Curtain Razor. Uh, so you going down to Geelong that day? Oh, uh, I'm pending. You got to, to, to double header it. Well, yeah. The last time I saw a double header was uh, when we lost by about 300 points combined. And then the, ne- the next week, that's when we've got the uh, bye. So Quite we've right. still got two games. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah. Get a couple more games into him, and then that option will be there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, look, if you've got someone who's capable of cracking in with tackles and, and playing like that, um, that's certainly an asset. And of course, North was a, a team with a lot of AFL-listed players. It wasn't like, you know, kicking the suitcase out of Coburg. 
um, who, who almost won their first game this week. I don't know if you <laughs> no, saw what happened I there. See, no, I don't. I saw that nothing this weekend. Tra- that was tragic. Just as just as the the poor, you know, standalone clubs about to win their first game, the uh, the medico. Just oh, doing was that job. that game? Okay, yeah. I did hear about that. Uh, yep. I didn't realise that. Poor Medico just doing the job, trying so, to go to the injured player, run straight across the mark. And that got what? So that got a 50-metre penalty? And drew the game oh, after that. Bastards. So, you know, you have to feel for the for the Medico who was, you know, saw the injured player and just went to them. Yeah, uh, as you would. Uh, and at first when I saw that, I was like, that spirit of the game, you fool. But... The, basically the goal was in the middle of his run-up. <laughs> oh, okay. It wasn't like he was – yeah, or he'd he just started the ball, his run-up. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like he just marked. Yeah, no, no. Took no. two steps back and the, the lady ran through. Uh, you could certainly argue that he w- would have been put off his kick by it. So, yeah, terrible luck. You know, with a team like that where the, you don't know where the next win might come from, um, to have that happen to them was, was pretty unfortunate. Uh, but obviously good signs for them that they managed to, to take on um, take on Sandringham, who I think last time Sandringham played a, a standalone club, they didn't Jack Billings have about 60 possessions. Yeah. <laughs> so certainly much better much better performance there. Uh, but look, it wasn't look, there wasn't that much to take out of that that game, probably apart from Kennedy Harris, Vandenberg. Uh, Vince didn't play. He went to he went to Darwin. Yep. Uh, with the rest of the squad. Uh, was he, I just feel was sorry he doing for the BFL commentators? I've, the last few weeks I've I've seen I saw they were at Williamstown when it was like Hurricane Katrina was blowing through. Then they were at Craigieburn when it was pouring down raining, and then they were at Casey Fields when it was pouring down raining. Yeah, but they're in a box; they're not standing. No, well, on funny the, you say that because on the at the Craigieburn, at the Craigieburn, I can't I can't judge the other two, but literally they were in like what is like a corporate marquee. Yeah, okay, so they were with just the no front sides. taken off it, <laughs> holding microphones, yeah. standing up to the point where if you stood on the boundary line behind the goals, you could actually hear the commentating <laughs> the game. That's like a, a, a you know, uh, in the in the juniors, like under 16s yeah. grand final, there's always you know someone filming it, and then sometimes some of them have um, commentators, but they're usually just sitting at a table out, Correct. out in the yeah. open. The only difference was they stood up, which <laughs> they is, stood up, and I understand. Uh, and then and then Jason Bennett, who I don't know how he's not on Channel Seven all the time, and had to go from Casey Fields to Docklands to call an AFL game. <laughs> The same day. So, yeah. Jesus, talk about the hardest working man in footy commentary. He's done three games in shocking conditions in the last sort of four <laughs> weeks. Uh, and then he's pulling double duty on the same day. So, <laughs> I, I can't see. Having watched a few VFL games this year, it, it baffles me how he has to stand in a sawn-off corporate marquee at Highgate <laughs> Arena, Craigie Burn, and Brian Taylor gets paid probably several hundred thousand dollars to uh, to call games and just yell things and say <laughs> ethnic player names in a funny way. Uh, uh, it just makes no sense to me. So, Jason, if you're out there, right on, brother. <laughs> I think you should be uh, elevated to the call team immediately. You mentioned JKH. Um, where's his career at? Do you think he could be uh, a bin man's said he actually thinks J- JKH uh, could be a smoky for a call-up and could bring something. Well, what are your thoughts on uh, I think him? it's in the same position where if we need someone, he could be a chance. If we don't like, if we come out of this week, um, I don't think he'll get picked this week, but I think if we come out of this week needing that sort of half-forward, someone who's going to accumulate possessions but can also kick a goal, 
Um, which, to be fair, the half forward line last week, you'd, like Melksham, didn't really do much, um, and Spargo was all right, but he didn't do that much. Um, you know, there could be an argument for it. I, I sort of can't see it see it happening, and I think it's probably um, curtains for him at the end of the year. Yeah, I would think so. Was his last game the Richmond game last year, the Anzac game, which uh, I thought he was a little bit disappointing which, in? Which prompted that loony to uh, ride into the SEN and cut up his membership card. Based on his performance. Based on his performance. <laughs> okay. I think it wasn't an entirely you know focused on him, but he yeah. was certainly one of the highlight acts in, yeah. the, uh, in the angry letter. Um, yeah, I don't know if he played. I think he might have played one more after that uh, yeah. last year. You'd think if he doesn't get a game this year, there's probably... Oh, yeah, I think certainly, certainly not. Like it's, it, I think it's unlikely that he would... I'm pretty sure he's out of contract at the end of this year. Um, so if he is, look, I, I wouldn't see why they would uh, retain him. But he, in the end, he might go He might go crazy at the uh, in the last few weeks of the VFL and uh, get himself another contract. He did come back for three games uh, towards the end of last year. Okay. Couldn't have been. Yeah, twenty eight touches yeah. against Darwin, against Adelaide in Darwin. Darwin. Okay, so he can get the ball. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, look, probably. I don't. I don't know if he's going to fit in with us, but maybe that's one of your, you know, Carlton. Ah. <laughs> people can... like that. Get him for a cheap price. Bundling a, a fourth player. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, give us the give us your second round pick as well. <laughs> give us the first and the second, and you can have him. Um. I don't. I wouldn't write off his career, but at the same time, I'm not really sure he fits in with what we're doing at the moment. Just off off topic, what do you think of Carlton not asking for a priority pick? Is that crazy? You, you, it's, you're it's shooing to get it. It, ret- it retains their dignity, but who cares um, about that, really? Correct. Correct. <laughs> There's but, no uh, dignity in football. I've been a Melbourne supporter for exactly. forty plus years. Oh well, yeah, we we only did it when we were trying to scam our way into getting better compo for James Frawley. Yes, that one under the table. Because mm-hmm. did didn't Brisbane get pick twenty or something a couple of years ago? They sort of got the priority pick, but it wasn't the super priority pick. Um, so I think, look, I think if I was Carlton, I'd be coming out and saying clearly, don't give us pick one. We're not asking for pick one. We're asking for, you know, a pick at the end of the first round or mid second round or something like that, just to give them some, give them some options, give them, you know, to get a medium level player or even to use it for a trade. Um, yeah. I mean, look, you may as well ask for it. Your dignity's already gone. It's out the window. Um, you may as well at least roll the dice. But I, I would say, yeah, making it very clear that you're not expecting to get pick one because they're certainly not going to give you that. Yeah. Um, if we didn't get one in our darkest hours, um, they're certainly not giving anything at the top of the draft again, especially now with future pick trading and things like that. Like yeah. People would arc up like no tomorrow uh, if, you, if you added another pick in the first round. Yeah. Um, so I think the the best you could probably hope for would be, you know, pick, what, pick 19 or something like that uh, at the, the start of the second round. Um, but, yeah, look, like I said, you may as well, you may as well ask. <laughs> Dignity is definitely yeah, uh, very pretty... much out the window. Although there's still nothing, they're nowhere near as bad as we were uh, at our worst. No. There was some ludicrous SEN article the other day, and I know... SEN's like second trade behind doing radio is doing shock jock <laughs> yeah. web articles that point you to things with ads on them. 
um, for all over bins or all their other classic sponsors. But it was like, they're the worst team since Fitzroy 1996. No. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, we were a worse team than Fitzroy 96 in 2013. Like, adjusted for the fact that, you know, our payers, players were being paid and they weren't, you know, training in a high school gym with the, the sheriffs knocking on the door outside. Fitzroy, until the end of that season, they might have only won one game, but they didn't suffer too many massive beatings. Like, everyone remembers that 150-point loss in their last game in Melbourne. But they were reasonably competitive for the whole season. We were way worse than that in 2013. So it's it's just ridiculous to say that Carlton are worse than any team since 1996. Um, you know, there was a Freo team that didn't win a game for about 20 rounds. Mm. There was GWS in their first season, Gold Coast in their first season. Like, I think, yeah, Carlton are struggling. I guess like, when you lose to the team just above you by, you know, goals. whatever they lost by. Yeah, um, yeah that's uh, that's yeah, when the look, questions get asked. But uh, yeah, yeah, oh look, I think they're in a pretty pretty big hole. Um, and I remember a couple of seasons ago, I thought, yeah, they're going to have a couple of seasons, and then they're actually going to come good. And it's not looking like that's going to happen. Uh, but I, I don't think it's uh, it probably a problem if, if Murphy leaves. Having lost Gibbs, you lose Murphy as well. No, didn't he re-sign? Did he? I thought I thought he was going. There was talk about it. Either way, if if he if he did, good luck to them because if he didn't, they'd be in significant trouble because they really are lacking. You know, apart from Charlie Kerno, who's in that sort of we think he's going to be really good stage. Yeah, um, they're really just lacking excitement machines in that team to look forward to. So bad luck sucked in Carlton. Carlton's... I know there's no Blues fans listening, so <laughs> bad luck. I, remember I couldn't be happier. Nasty about tweets by their cheer squad after we got uh, bumped out of the finals last year, so stuff them. Uh, Carlton skipper Mark Murphy, uh, oh, it says, could retire as a one club after recommitting to the Blues for a further two season. Yes, oh, there so, you go. Well, so, yes. good luck. And well done to him, I would say. You know, that's that's good news for him to to be that kind of one club player because you know that's the that's the kind of player that in ten years time, even if Carlton never do anything in his career, it's like Nathan Jones. If, yeah. if they if we never do anything in Nathan Jones's career, people will be bowing to him on the street and you know we'll be forever grateful. Whereas an you know old mate Jeremy Howe or someone, <laughs> Collingwood fans will just kind of go, eh, and we'll yeah. go, eh, and you know he won't have that. Yeah. There'll be no one passionate about him in the future. So I think it's better off better off to stick with the one club. I agree. Um, injuries, uh, well, we heard Billy Stretch probably missed the rest of the year. Um, but other than that, our injury list, as it's been the last couple of weeks, is pretty light on. Um, you know, Jake Lever... <laughs> <laughs> the, the main event. The main event. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, we've got a full, pretty full complement. So uh, I guess that's good going in uh, to the home straight. Um, we've sort of talked changes. Uh, any definitive changes from you? Obviously, stretch out. Um, yeah, I, I would have Vince for Lewis, but I think there's more chance of peace in the Middle East than Lewis being dropped. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, I would be open to Baker coming in, uh, and I would be open to, I'd be open to Neil Bourne going out, uh, but with 
the understanding that I, I would think he would be back pretty quickly. Yeah. And Bug, I'm not hugely sold on Bug, but he was very good. Um, he has been very good recently in the VFL, so he might have earned, earned a go again. Uh, so I think probably Bug, Vince Baker for Neil Bullen, Lewis and Stretch, but again, it's it ain't happening with Lewis. That's a that's a pipe dream. Yeah. Um, and we've, we talked with Binman about our run home and ladder prediction, so I don't think we need to uh, dust uh, that off again. Um, I forgot to mention, happy birthday to the Melbourne Football Club, uh, 160 years old, and I believe that you um, – uh, there's some controversy with you with the date – uh, I dispute it. Yes. So, well, so what, what? What's the story? What? What does July? Was it the tenth? Uh, was it yesterday? Yes. Yeah. So or that the was the day that Tom Wills's letter yeah. got, got printed in Bell's Life in Victoria, saying, "I think we need a game for yeah. the cricketers to play in the winter." Okay. So, so celebrating Melbourne's birthday as that day is like celebrating the day your parents conceived you. Is that not is that not the day I should be celebrating? Because that's, no, that's the no, day I do, actually. Because the funny thing is Tom Wills then didn't actually do anything. He said, oh, we should – let's have a – we should be do a sport. And he actually didn't do anything to start it. So it was a few weeks later. Uh, so I'm just looking at here. So the 31st of July, 1858, was the first scratch match by the players connected to the MCC. So that was you could have that as the date, and I know the club is very keen on eighteen on claiming eighteen fifty eight, um, but realistically, a team called Melbourne played South Yarra in September that year, but it wasn't the Melbourne Football Club. It was what became the Melbourne Football Club, and it was the same people who formed the Melbourne Football Club, but the actual football club itself wasn't formed until I think March eighteen fifty nine. Uh, that was, or sorry, May 1859. Yeah, May 1859. So I would say that uh, Saturday 14th of May 1859 is the uh, is the correct date. Uh, but I, I will accept the argument of uh, 1858, either July, the day of the first scratch match, or the uh, September date where they played the long-lost South Yarra team. Well... But so sorry to be a downer to anyone who was uh, <laughs> celebrating the birthday this week. I, I don't want to be one of those people, uh, but I think uh, yeah, that's certainly not the date. But I was pleased to see that after after the thread went up on Demon Land, that the uh, the MFC jumped in as well. Yes, they did. Well, I th- well, so after the thread popped up um, uh, on Demon Land, I actually put something on Facebook to say happy birthday, and it wasn't until later in the afternoon that the Ds jumped on board with that. Um, yes, and I was pleased to see that their article was uh, heavily influenced by the content of Demon Wiki. <laughs> heavily influenced, all right. <laughs> heavily. There was a few <laughs> random uh, facts and, and figures in that article that looked uh, tremendously similar <laughs> to the ones on Demon Wiki, but to be fair, the club has been good to me over the years uh, in, yeah. in giving me access to you know, their, their old photos and things like that. So I've got no drama uh, with them um, using the information on there. Um, often when I see in, in sad circumstances, when an obituary goes up on the website, I look at it and it's like, I basically wrote this. 
<laughs> she gave writing credit. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if anyone from the MFC is listening, it would be nice if you uh, maybe just linked the site somewhere just to uh, expose it to other Demons fans. It's not like, you know, it's not like the blog. There's no swearing and there's no, uh, you know, cracking the sads about Jordan Lewis decking people and giving away 50s. It's a pretty, uh, you know, it's a pretty safe site <laughs> that I'm sure the AFL is not going to crack down on you if you link to. Um, and obviously it would be good to, to get that out to as many Melbourne fans as possible. Uh, but like I said, I, I'm happy for them to to grab the content because really that's all I've done over the years um, is go around and and sort of pull all the content in from old newspapers and you know all the all the sources I can find. Um, but it was just a bit uh, yeah I thought it was a bit when I was reading it I'm like it's like it's like it was basically summarising the entirety of Demon Wiki in about <laughs> you know one article. I was like kind of like yeah that's probably a that's probably a cleaner summary of the. Uh, Probably a cleaner summary of the, the club's history than the 7,800 pages uh, that we've got on the wiki. So maybe you can uh, take their version that they've cleaned up for you and put it on. Yeah, so they, we could look at it that way. <laughs> Collaboration. Uh, they'll, they'll probably sue me. <laughs> it did say exclusive to melbournefc.com.au at the bottom of the page, but uh, I, I suspect that might just be in the template. I'm sure it is. Uh, it just reminds me of, uh, and I was telling you uh, <laughs> earlier that... Uh, when I uh, when we did the uh, Jakovic interview, they basically the AFL site uh, basically did it w- a word for word transcript of just everything that uh, Alan Jakovic said, and it just seemed like they had interviewed him. And, and that and, and that is a disgrace. Well, like that, for, for oh, I can understand the Demon Wiki. Look, it's 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 open. It's there for people to grab stuff off. The clubs don't. But that was original content that you guys went out and got an interview that had been coveted by many people including me, who had tried to uh, get in contact with the people organising the event that he was at in Manila and get them to give him my details. Well, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. You must have, you must have beaten me. Um, and, you know, you went out and, and did all that yourself and then they go and just nick it without even sending attribution to you. That's rubbish. They ended up doing it after I uh, wrote, <laughs> wrote to oh, them a, 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 a sort of um, – uh, it was a sort of a passive aggressive email. It yeah, would be nice if you, uh, you know, I love the fact that you've done this and it'll get it out. But uh, could you at least link to the actual audio of it? Uh, yeah, correct. I don't care about the clicks and the any money that it then comes the ads. Yeah. I want people it's to like actually he was listen. Doing controversial. Yeah. he wasn't doing Rodney Road routines in it or something. Yeah. It was a, a very standard interview there was no yeah nothing controversial about mm. it so then they did they did attribute it uh, and at first they just attributed it by writing demon land but then i asked can you put it actually a link to the website <laughs> and they they obliged so pretty they cool got there eventually yeah. <laughs> thanks afl media yeah so supporting uh, uh, yeah. other organizations and to be to be fair i mean i guess uh we occasionally use images on our website that are licensed by the afl so um yeah yeah, well, they're the AFL. Yeah. <laughs> it's free be, advertising be, for them. <laughs> yeah, you know, they should be, what's what I'm looking for, you know, encouraging that, that footy media, you know, podcasts and all oh, that kind of stuff. I think you so know. too. I think uh, I've always thought even the, the Melbourne Football Club should be embracing the different supporter groups, um, you know, online and whatever. Yeah, like they do absolutely. With the and like squad. podcasts, you know, I think you could pretty much tell from, you know, you listen to one of them that it's not, you know, the footy, the footy and racist chat hour, or something like that. That you know, you, all these the Melbourne podcasts that are out there, they're all 
they're all doing what they're supposed to do. There's nothing dodgy going on. No one's defaming people on it. Well, look, um, it's always been sort of one of the even just Demon Land, the the message board in itself. It's always been something that the club can't really endorse because obviously on there uh, and we try to moderate it and but people have opinions and strong opinions and when you are losing they're even stronger uh, and it's something I understand the club can't endorse and I'm not asking yeah. them to endorse that because there is at times some abuse hurled towards players and we look we try to you know we want free speech uh, but we also don't want people just outright you know, defaming and bagging yeah. players. Uh, and look, I understand when it comes to to players. It's like with my with my content. Like I wouldn't expect the the blog to get any support from the club. Um, whereas Demon Wiki, I think, is a a safe yes. site <laughs> um, that that you know could get could get a link when they have a historical article or something like that. Um, and it's the same with yeah with what you guys are doing, what the other podcasts are doing. Um, you know, when there's interesting content on it, when you had. Paul Ruse on it, Brad Green, Aaron Davey, those guys, you know, they're saying things that would be interesting to a wider audience. Yeah. Um, and without just ransacking it, AFL media style, um, it would be great if they use that to create an article. Yeah. To yeah, whoever's podcast it is and say, on this podcast, this person said this, you know, um, I think that would be a really good thing to, to just to build the community. But there just seems to be this uh, obsession with with keeping everything really tight um, within the within the bounds of you know if you couldn't also put it on the AFL website, don't put it on a club website. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is disappointing. I can understand to a degree where they're coming from, but I think in this new world of podcasts, um, that's a lot different to a forum. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Have I lost you there? Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> I lost you for a sec. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I just turned the microphone off for a second to have a uh, coughing fit. That's right. <laughs> no problem. Um, anything? Anything else? Uh, we've talked run home, talk ladder predictions, uh, so we won't go over that again. Um, Look, I'm reasonably confident about this week, but without being overly confident. Uh, it's the G. Of it's, course, which is our new, uh, new. It's the new Eddie Hutt Stadium. That's right, and for us, the St Kilda game uh, has scarred me a little bit yep. uh, in terms of confidence going yep. into play. And and look, the Bulldogs have been competitive uh, this year. They haven't got a lot of wins on the board. They took it up to Geelong and beat them a couple of weeks ago. Yep, um, and they were reasonably competitive against us. Like. The fact they basically didn't have a forward line. Yep. There was a lot of times in that game where they came straight out of attack through the midfield with numbers, mm-hmm. and it just died on the fact that there was no one to kick it to. So, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I think we should win, but as angry as I would be if we didn't, I wouldn't be a jaw dropping shock like the St Kilda game was. Mm. Uh, Bontempelli is out. You, you uh, yes, good this? appendix. Good, yes. ap- good time good for an appendix to, to <laughs> go off, have a rest, son. But uh, um, of course, um, as we, uh, that's just opening the door for someone you've never heard of to was, come in, and, yes, to the, come in and dominate. What's your what? What do you call it? The which the player? King Kingsley Club? The King, yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a few. We had Mason Cox elected yes. to that this year. <laughs> I feel like we had another one, another one this year. I can't really remember. Oh, you sort of you sort of start to lose track of who's in it. <laughs> 
Um, I know Adam Oxley <laughs> for that game where he had the 15 intercept marks or whatever it was yeah. on Queen's birthday. Uh, Brad Dick twice. <laughs> He's twice. the only two-time. Can, you, can Bo, you get a two-time? Him times. and Bo Meister are the only two, two-time two uh, inductees. Paul Stewart kicked six in Darwin for Port against us. Never went near kicking six in his life any other time. Uh, there was one guy, I, I don't know if you remember or anybody else remembers, a guy called Marcus Baldwin who played about three games for Geelong. His first three kicks against us in his first game were goals. <laughs> and I think so he got knowledge. one more in his next two games total. And that was the end of him. Um, yeah, I don't know how Kent got saddled with the uh, with the name. Yeah, what was his – yeah, you don't know what uh, – He used to he, he used to wreck Nathan Carroll every time. They used to play <laughs> Nathan Carroll on him every time. And he would not wreck, wreck. He wasn't kicking eight or nine goals. But he, he'd certainly come out on top. Um so yeah, I, don't, I think it just—I think it was just a better name. It was just a good name for the for the club. And there's probably a few more. I should—I should actually note them all at some point, just so I, I can remember who they are and remember back to all those glorious days. There must be a couple of. Uh, there must be a Josh Bruce and Tim Membry. They always <laughs> kill us. Tim Membry, not not. He's kind of done the. He's done enough to get out of the Kingsleys. Yeah. But, yeah, when he kicked five against us a couple of years ago, he almost had a uh, preliminary nomination. <laughs> there was a bloke. We lost to Carlton at the end of 2015. And it was, was, it, was it Matthew Watson? And he came in. They got rid of someone who was leaving anyway. And they just said, go away. We don't want you. Don't play for the rest of the season. <laughs> that was the week. And then someone dropped out late. And this bloke came in and played <laughs> the game of his life. And was delisted two weeks later. I think it was Matthew Watson, so he's another one. Um, there's just and look, I'm sure you know. Go back and ask a you know Carlton player, a Carlton fan of the early nineties, and they'll be like, "Geez, Brent Heaver, yeah, but he five on played. debut." Yeah, then they signed him. Um, <laughs> yeah, Darren Cuthbertson. Yeah, we've done it to other people. Jordan Gisbert's had two well, Rising Star nominations. Not to pile onto Jordan Gisbert uh, in two separate years over two years <laughs> yeah, over yeah. two years. Um, so we, it's it's fair to say we've had a few go the other way over the years, but gee, there's there's been some uh, there's definitely been some memorable ones against us. Uh, speaking of the uh, rising star, we haven't had one this year. Um, Fritch isn't eligible, is he? And no, I think he'd be too old. Wouldn't he? Yeah, I don't think we had one last year either. Um, so who's sort of eligible? Uh, Spargo, but uh, he's had yep, a couple of games ha- where he's could happen. Yeah. So uh, other than that, yeah, uh, there's no one. Who's yeah, unless, the, unless you know Oscar Baker storms the storms yeah, the competition. Yeah. Um, yeah, the last one by my record was Oscar McDonald round 21, 2016 against mm. Port Adelaide. Um, we've had a pretty good run of success, I must say. If you go back to twenty twelve. Uh, Tom McDonald, Sam Blaze, th- that didn't work. <laughs> but from there, Viney, Hogan, Brayshaw, Oliver Harms, Petrarca, and Oscar McDonald. Yeah, that's a that's a yeah pretty good run. Um, Tough our team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, whereas a lot of the people before that sort of peaked very early in their career and uh, and dropped off. You had Gisbert's twice, Blaze twice actually. He got two as well. Wow. Um, Scully, filth. Um, yeah, Trango, <laughs> Jara, Grimes, Kyle Morton, Austin Wanamiri, 
um, Ricky Pedard, Matthew Bate, people like that, that that just sort of got to a level and, and just didn't go beyond, whereas I think all those recent ones, um, and I guess that's what building a good side's about. Uh, Sigil in the chat room said that Fritsch is 20 days too old. Uh, surely they can uh, make it, make a, <laughs> make, make an <laughs> exception for that. Uh, Binman has asked a serious question. Uh, is Fritsch the best mature age recruit the D's have had? So who else in recent uh, years has been mature age? We've got Vandenberg was mature age. Magna. His injuries probably preclude him. From that, uh, Fritch for half a season, Magna was was uh, was a really good one. But then I guess he, uh, yeah, they still started playing him as a defensive forward instead of a midfielder, and uh, it was all downhill from what, there. What year was Magna? Was he um, twenty twelve? So it's th- that era sort of precludes, uh, you know, there wasn't the, um, good, the quality around Fritch in the team it helps for him to come yeah but not not saying that that's bringing him up it's showing how good he is that he's i mean he could make it he's top in our demon land thing he's top 10 uh demon land player of the year um he's he's in the top 10 at the moment i think he well deserves to be within the top 10 players in our club at the moment yeah i've got him top 10 as well uh and he's the provisional winner of the uh, jeff hilton medal because he's the only what's, only what's, eligible player to have scored a vote this year and he's on 13 so I can't uh, I can't see Charlie Spargo launching a 14 what, vote campaign what's the um so what's the Jeff Hilton award what's the qualifications for that uh it's first year players unless you debuted in the last 4 weeks of the season beforehand okay so for instance Corey Maynard Corey Maynard yeah Corey Maynard was still eligible because he debuted with you know, four weeks to go in the fourth last week of last season, um, so that's uh, that's been won by some. Uh, so it's your best it's best first year player, basically, effectively, but yeah. with a bit of a a, a bit of a, a buffer for yeah. people who debut late in a year before. Uh, so we've had uh, looking looking over the previous winners. So two thousand and five, nobody was actually eligible. Not one ah. first player got a well. vote. And we've got Matthew Bate, Michael Newton, Kale Morton, Jack Grimes, Tom Scully, Jeremy Howe, Tom McDonald, Jack Viney, Jay Kennedy-Harris, Jesse Hogan, a tie between Jaden Hunt and Christian Petrarca, yeah. and then Mitch Hannon last year. Mitch, how did Mitch Hannon go uh, in, in the wet conditions? Uh, I can't Just remember. remember I, I, I can't remember. If you can't game. remember, then that says it all. <laughs> I think he was. I, I, look, yeah. It just it was not a day. Kennedy-Harris... But it was like Mark McGough on Queen's birthday where he just came from nowhere and just played like he was playing in the on Anzac Day, I should say. Played like um, he played in the dry. Okay. The, the wet oh. wasn't even mm. an issue. Um, so potentially if it starts pouring rain uh, in the next couple of days, maybe get him in just for that alone. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had yeah, Hannon on top last year and then, yeah, Fritch is the only – the only eligible player to have scored votes so far this year. So, so. he's a first-year player, but he's also in that mature age category. And the question was, is he the best mature age uh, recruit that we've had? Um, Thinking so. about the other ones, I think against Vandenberg and Magna, certainly. Uh, I'm trying to um, think of who the other ones mm. we've actually had were over the years. Darren O'Brien. He was he was like an eight. He was a mid nineties one, wasn't he? He was about twenty six or something when we when we picked him up. Um, what well, you got, Guy Ragoni, 
Yeah, yeah. And he, so, look, he was very serviceable over a number of years. I'd have him in yeah, front. Yeah. Andrew Leoncelli, arguably. Yeah, yeah, he, he came he from came the amateurs. A, he came yeah. an odd way to the club. Peter Walsh. Yep. He came uh, via, via his, yeah. a couple of, of other clubs. I think he was in, about to join the army or something, and we, <laughs> we picked him up. Um but like Ross funky, but he was a that was a second club. He went back no, to the no, VFL and, and we picked yeah. him up from there. Picked him up um, after he'd gone back to the VFL. But first time AFL players. Um, look, I'd certainly say off the top of my head, Liam Jarrah. Uh, yep, probably yep. was was about the same, if not older. Um, so probably I'd probably have him behind Jarrah at the moment. Yeah, but yep. I, I'm fairly confident that uh, we're going to get a lot more out of him. Yeah. He's yeah, just term. skills are sublime. He picks the ball up really well. He always uses it. I mean, his size has not been a fa- you know his, his slight frame has not been a factor for me. Um, yeah, no, I, and I just think it's, it's a credit to him that they've yep. been able to use him somewhere other than the forward line. Yeah, like he's been drafted as a forward. Yep. I wasn't expecting him to play anywhere except sort of like that third man been, in the forward he's line. He's been very good. Yeah, coming out of you know coming out of the back line, playing as a winger, whatever whatever you call it. Yeah, um, I think that's a real credit to him. And then the St Kilda game when he went forward and still kicked four goals. Yep. Yeah. So I think that um, yeah, he's that's been a great pickup. Um, Yes, arguably for all the uh, anxiety people had about Watts at the time, um, um, it might turn out to be an excellent deal. I think um, it's so far it's it's I think it's a win. Yeah. I mean whether whether trading Watts for that pick was was the right thing to do is still a question to me whether sort of giving him away for for practically nothing but the fact is we've got something good with what we did give him away for so it's worked. Um, <laughs> where think... it might not have worked but it has worked so it's been a been a positive. Not not to rehash that, but it, I think the fact that the club were willing to give him away for that shows that they did a, did not want him at the club for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean it's, they they obviously know it's they know what their reasons are. Yeah, um, in the background, but I think you know it's almost swapping him for pick thirty one. It's almost like you know jumping off. Jumping into a river without knowing how deep yeah. it is and yeah. uh, celebrating when you yeah. don't break your neck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've 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 survived. Yeah. But whether it was a good thing to do in the first place, nah. Um. Yeah. They know better than I do. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> we'll. Uh... We might revisit that at some point. Uh, yep. And you can bag that quote up and play it whenever you like. <laughs> of the club knows better than I do. Well, I think um, I've said that on a number of occasions. <laughs> Not yeah. always with and confidence. And sometimes you say it and yeah, you think five years ago, no, I could have actually done a better job than that. Well, you know what? I, I, I sometimes think that... Uh, in terms of uh, moves to make, uh, not not maybe not during the game, but uh, you know changes from week to week. I think we called it last week. Uh, I think I was wanting Frost to come in for a while, and um, you know, I, I'm not going to say I know more than the club, but yeah, look, I, I think <laughs> they they really yeah they absolutely nailed the selection last week, and I think like we said last week, it was Garlet might not have played. The, the game in the VFL that said, you must yep. pick me. But, we, but he'd yep. done his time. We needed to know 
one way or the other. Exactly. If he was going to come and just sort of trot around, then we could have said at least we tried. He's come in, he's done the job, he's he's really contributed, um, and hopefully the next few weeks he can get in the goals as well. Uh, but I think that their decision was justified. I am. Um, I must say, looking back to to you know Paul the Paul Roos era, um, I used to. I would have asked something about this if I could have crafted it in a way that wouldn't have had him coming out thinking I was a wanker. <laughs> but I was always critical of the way he used the substitute. It would always seem that we would pick someone like Aiden Riley and then put them on when we were like 10 goals down. And you're like, what's the, what's he going to do yeah. when the, when you're 10 goals down? What's he going to do when you're five points down? Like that's the kind of player you'd want at the start to crash a few people and, you know, chuck a few players around and then sub them out for someone who's going to make an impact. Um, and I was, I was re- re- looking back on some of the things I wrote in that era. It was always like, what's he playing this person as the sub for? Um, so, you know, I think it happens in every era. Like, we might end up looking back at this era, hopefully, as a glory era. And sort of history will be rewritten. And it'll be like, oh, yeah, Simon Goodwin never doubted him. <laughs> Absolutely never said about Jack Watts. Yeah, I didn't want him. I'm glad we got rid of him for Brownlow medalist Bailey Fridge. Um, but at the time, it, it all seems, you know, it all seems like everything they do, you second guess. Um, and then sometimes, your 2012s, 13s, perhaps, we all look back and go, yeah, we were right at the yeah. time. But there might have been a few people at the time who were the other way around, going like, no, 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 just give them time. You know, I, I remember that I held off on Neil for that whole first season and said, no, 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 you've got to give him time. He's inherited a list. There were problems, whatever they were in the past. And then it was about halfway through the third quarter of that game against Port at the start of 2013 where I was like, nah, I'm off. This guy's coming. <laughs> I can't take this bloke. Get the sackings. Get the sackings out. Whereas there was people, you know, one game in, were like, oh, this guy's never going to work. We should just sack him now and get rid of him. And you sort of think, you know, are you insane? You can't do that after one game. In this case, you look back and you're like, yeah, those they were right. Yeah, I thought uh, he was. Um, I thought he was going to be the Messiah when we got him. Uh, I was telling every opposition fan that I knew that this guy, he's the guy that uh, won Collingwood a you know a flag. Yep. His moves. Well, I always wanted a, a loony as the coach, but and I say that in the nicest possible way, so don't sue me, Mark. <laughs> like an, an an angry coach. That was always my dream. Like we got to get so, and I always had a thing for Dean Laidley, to which my North Melbourne supporting fans think is the funniest thing of all time. But because I thought, you know, here's someone who can really, you know, eyeball a player and and give it to them. And then when it actually happened, it was kind of like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> um, maybe in a in a different a different fashion, it may have worked. But it was like, yeah, always be careful of what you wish for, because uh, eventually you might get it. Hmm. <sighs> on that down note. I had completely uh, forgotten not only about the sub rule, <laughs> the yeah. sub, but also oh, Aidan Riley. <laughs> oh, yeah. Aidan Riley, he had two good things about him, not to bring the Tony or show down. He had the same name as a pornographer <laughs> well, with the name Aidan just spelt one letter differently. <laughs> and the aforementioned filmmaker wrote back in a Twitter conversation once to say that he'd never been uh, accidentally... Um, confused with the Australian football, Aiden Riley. Um, and two, when we beat Essendon in that big comeback game in 2014, he 
cut an Essendon player in half with one of the greatest tackles I've ever seen in a football game flying through the air and absolutely just demolish this bloke. It was one of the most magnificent tackles of all time. Uh, and I'll always fondly remember him him for that alone. Um, but, yeah, he didn't didn't do much else. He was obviously sort of just uh, one of those Wayne Carey specials, <laughs> mature players, just to get us through a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, yep. Now I've got fond memories of <laughs> Aiden Riley. <laughs> Yeah, I might go back and watch that tackle again. Somewhere it's, somewhere on, it's YouTube. on um, YouTube with the wrestling commentary over the top of it. <laughs> My favourite video on YouTube that I go to at least once a year is the Cal Morton um, running away scared. From, yes. <laughs> even though I think he was chasing the ball. Chasing the but ball, I yeah, like I know, to think, poor bastard. I like My, to think it was him running away from, uh, was it laid? Brendan Laid? Uh, Kane Corns, perhaps? No, no, it was a big... It was, no, I think it was... Uh, oh, now I've got to look it up. <laughs> There's another great one that, um, if if anyone who's into the Alan Partridge character, it's Alan Partridge doing the commentary over Liam Jarrah goals. Um, <laughs> so if you just type in Alan Partridge Liam Jarrah, you'll get that one. Um, and the same audio has been laid over about nine thousand five hundred different videos over the years, um, but it just fits perfectly in the Jarrah video. And you will also become extraordinarily depressed at seeing you know, a minute and a half of Liam Jarrah kicking goals over his head and around the corner uh, and thinking what could have been. What was the, uh, it was uh, Jarrah. Uh, Alan Partridge. Let's see if I can get some uh, audio. Help yeah, you just have to, right. you'll just have to imagine uh, Partridge, <laughs> you'll have to imagine Jarrah goals underneath it. <laughs> it actually works really well. <laughs> that was a goal. <laughs> it actually works really well. Uh, yes. Uh, just type in <laughs> Jarrah and Partridge and you'll get it straight away. Um, uh, Super Mercado, you want to uh, plug uh, your various uh, works? Yes, of course. You can uh, You can look up the blog on, on demonblog.com. Uh, since going, still going since 2005, so surely the longest-running sports blog uh, around. Uh, of course, Demon Wiki, as as discussed earlier, at demonwiki.org, uh, and you can get me on Twitter at, at demonblog. Uh, would you consider Demonland to be a form of a blog? Or, no, it's more of a No, blog, forum, it's, but been obviously, so. uh, yeah, long, <laughs> very, very long-standing <laughs> in the forum world. Yeah. Well, we were at uh, round seven, two thousand. That was uh, our birth. What happened in round six, two thousand, that convinced you to that Jesus? We need a forum. <laughs> well, it, it, round six, two thousand was it had nothing to do with actual um, football. I was oh. I, I was doing an IT course at the time, and we were learning HTML. Uh, and I just had to do a homepage and link it to two other pages as part of a project. <laughs> wow, so that's, that's a, that is a <laughs> that's how that's the, quite gen- the genesis of it. Well, I can tell you that in round six, two thousand, <laughs> yeah. uh, we were defeated by Geelong at Cadinia Park by twenty five points, which by Cadinia Park standards isn't bad, and isn't bad at all. Round seven, we played uh, West Coast, and that was uh, Whispering Jack's uh, first um, match preview, which he provided the content for that 
preview page of that website that I created yeah. that became Demonland. And that was the day that uh, the fans were left stuck outside Colonial Stadium. <laughs> was it? <laughs> all day. <laughs> while we uh, thumped West Coast. Got to try and see if I can find that first article, perhaps even the match report after that oh, game. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll make historical stuff it. out. Like, what, what, is, what are your archives like? Because I'm sure there are NQR posts I would have done, you know, 10, 15 years ago that I'd be absolutely embarrassed by if they came out now. Well, it, it, the old, old stuff, because we originally had a, another message board software that we didn't pay for and it was all one of those you know you know early late 1990s 2000 type of things where there were yep. just pop-up ads you know just <laughs> pop 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 you know we've got sort of now we've got ads on demon land if you're not a member but they're quite streamlined and you know it's not so sort of, you've got control yeah we've got f- full control and um Back in those days, it was just pop-ups. You know, you'd click one thing and ten things would open up, and that was in order to get a free website. Um, and I, th- I think it was called AMU. They probably don't even exist anymore. Well, they're probably in the same as GeoCities. Yeah, and, and AngelFire.com. Exactly, and that all that content is gone because then when I think in, I think we moved in two thousand and five or two thousand and six over to the to the current one, and I think that's how far the archives go back. Um, uh, every now and again, I go back and try and find posts from back in those days, and yeah, it's quite... Classic 2007 meltdowns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're going from, well, we're Victoria's best hope for the flag. Well, it hasn't started well, and then a few weeks later, <laughs> people are uh, tearing things up and just smashing the joint. Well, when we started the site in 2000, I thought, oh, how good's this gig going to be? We're going to have <laughs> premiership, you know, grand finals every year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that, that was... <laughs> 18 uh, years I, later. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're, we're contemplating whether we, go, we can make the finals by uh, yeah, 2%. Yeah, and whether Nathan Jones is going to break the record for the, <laughs> the longest drought between finals by any player in club history. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a, what a club. Who else would you follow? Oh, Why would know. you follow anyone else? Well, if I'd gone, if I'd gone with my mum's team, I'd be an Essendon supporter, and we'd all be on Bomberland right now. Yeah, well, you guys would, and I would be. In. You'd have, you'd have, you'd have a hard. You have to take on Bomber Blitz, yes, which is a very famous. Uh, it's kind of the the Essendon, the big Essendon forum. Yes, yeah. Well, I would have, um, as I, I've mentioned for anybody who's who's read my book. Um, I just put it in the hands of the gods in 1988 and said, I will go for whoever Melbourne plays in the grand final this year. Whoever Hawthorne plays in the grand final this year. Uh, And so the other teams in that final series have all won flags. Yes. (laughs) Every single one of them. Uh, And then, of course, 96. I was 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 having a a teenage depression session in 95, 96. I kind of dropped out of footy. uh, And when the merger was going down, I made the ridiculous claim that I was going to go off and be a Fremantle fan if the merger happened. Um, which I can't, I can't, I can't see myself having crawled back to Hawthorne, having avoided them as a child, um, and that god awful theme song. Um, that if you haven't heard it, uh, it's on YouTube. If you type in Melbourne oh. Hawks theme song, oh, yeah, one yeah. of the worst songs you'll ever hear in your life. Uh, but you never know. I might have, might have hunkered down on the Dockers. Wouldn't have to leave the house as much. Watch more games on telly. Uh, but I certainly, sure as hell, wasn't going to go for the Melbourne Hawks. 
Well, this it, had you gone that way, the the uh, conversation tonight about the game might have been a little bit different. Exactly, I'd be uh, <laughs> slashing my wrists on Docker Blog. <laughs> It's like someone just made it up. It's <laughs> well, like when made North Melbourne changed it's like the a kangaroos kid and they didn't bother to do a whole new version of their song and they just got someone to go, the Kangas, and just drop that over the top of North Melbourne. It's a very low effort theme song. Yeah, it's just sort of like they got some year six students to put it together. <laughs> it's just, it's more, I'm kind of depressed that I was in a in a teenage misery state and had dropped out of footy at that point because I like to think now if I flash back to 96 as I am now I would have been at bloody Dallas Brooks Hall punching on, kicking the doors in <laughs> I was whereas there. I just sort of, I just kind of like I was at home and I just like put the radio on oh yeah Hawthorne's voted the measure down, cool that's good news um, but really missed out on the real vibe of it, you know like that when everyone, I, I still never understand when everyone ran on the ground when Dunn still kicked his hundredth yeah, in that I'm, last I'm, game, I'm just looking that up now because I think I'm in. I'm on the screen. <laughs> like, why didn't people just like refuse to leave? And well, we did. With, like, no, massive, like no merge. I had that. I was I was walking on the ground holding that no yeah white sign with the black writing no merger. Yeah. Um, I'm. But I'm imagine there. if there was just like a, a like a sign like a bed sheet that just got dragged out, <laughs> fifty meters long, no merger. Yeah, I just I just wish I'd been. I wish I could go back in time and coordinate that, especially knowing that it wouldn't get up anyway. Thank you, Don Scott, ripping off the Velcro, <laughs> the Velcro hawk. Um, what, what do you think? And it's probably uh, hard. Um, you know, would we have won premierships as the, uh, or would uh, considering Hawthorne's success? Um, since then, nothing, nothing after do... 1997 would go down the same path. No, like they, who knows? They could have been rubbish again by the time that Franklin and Roughhead and Hodge and all that were were ready to go at the draft. But you'd probably think that they would have had a few good years. Well, it wouldn't uh, have had like it wouldn't have been heave ho and supporting the there, there, the there wouldn't Clive Waterhouse. But... They wouldn't necessarily have, uh, you know, wouldn't have turned out that they would have got. Um, you know, the rough head and Franklin, everything. Exactly. Yeah, it's a whole... like you, you would think that if you put those two lists together in at the end of 96, that at least until 2000, you know, that, that list, I guess you had Dunstall, Langford, all them were starting to fall off the end and Viney and Lyon and all that. So maybe not. Uh, but you would have thought that they would have enough have enough in the tank to, to get through a few years, you know, without Trent Crowe and people like that. Um it would have been a totally different mix, but then who knows what other teams would have got. So, it, look, it's hard to say. They certainly would have been in a good position at least for one or two years, um, but I wasn't going to have any of it. So, <laughs> down with no merger. I'm waving my <laughs> I'm waving my fictional no merger card above my head. Well, I'm almost uh, back in a depression like uh, last. But it didn't uh, happen. It's all good. Yeah, oh, that's right. We survived. <laughs> But, and but they went on to win. We've gone from strength to strength while Hawthorne... <laughs> How many? Four premierships? ...collapsed into, you know, compl- no one likes them. They've not won anything. Well, uh, we should be ending this program shortly, but 
there's I saw a question posed during the week about Hawthorne's three premierships that were won during the Gold Coast GWS introduction and whether that um, sours uh, those premierships uh, because no other teams that were sort of in those windows where you get the opportunity to sort of top up your lists and compete with the Hawthorns of the the league. Uh, They didn't have that opportunity because of, you know, the Gold Coast and GWS pilfered all the best draft picks in those years. Um, do you think it, Hawthorne supporters are losing sleep over that, those No, comments? I would say it's, it's a pretty sour uh, argument to try and bring down a team winning three premierships yeah. uh, in a row. Yeah, um, yeah. look, I, I think everyone had their chances. Yes, GWS and Gold Coast ransacked a lot of players, but we had our chances to get players in that would compete with Hawthorne by 2012 or 20, whenever the last one, 2015. Uh, and before GWS and Gold Coast, presumably, hasn't happened yet, and let's hope it never does, started running the table based on all their um, all their concessions. Uh, so, look, I, I think I would say certainly not on that case. Um, yes, if GWS and Gold Coast won every premiership for the last five years, <laughs> yeah. I think their premierships would be tainted. Yeah. But I don't think Hawthorne, I think everyone had the opportunity um, to build a list that might not have had the the ultra elite players, but you still had the opportunity to get good players. So unfortunately, we were more battling for 16th at the time. Mm. Uh, so we've got no excuses. No, but we're not anymore. We're on the way up. I'm trying to. I'm trying to end it on a positive. <laughs> okay, I think we will. Let's not talk about uh, ladder predictions then uh, again because uh, that's when things really get down. Um, I'll just say that I did go to your Demon Wiki site and pulled up a random image of filthy Phil Gilbert, um, oh, which looks I like was devastated when we lost him. Yeah, which looks like a picture taken out of the newspaper because you can see the dot prints all over yep. his face. A very paper. early that would be a very early uh, Demon Wiki scan. I've got <laughs> I've gone for a random image and I've got Robert Flower receiving a sponsor's product from British Airways. <laughs> That's got to go on uh, your Twitter, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'll put that up now. Because <laughs> British, did did they ever sponsor us? Oh, no, he might, yeah, might have been off it. Channel 7 or yeah. something because I, I certainly don't remember them ever sponsoring us. It's, it's not in the sponsor. early 80s because he's got the main Nicholas jumper on. Yep. yep. So it's about 82 or 83, I reckon. Um, there's also a great photo I've got somewhere of Robert Flower with the Melbourne Football Club commemorative sword. <laughs> That's uh, actually I know exists. Someone out there, someone out there will know, will have seen the Melbourne Football, or may own the Melbourne Football Club commemorative sword. Um, it's a absolutely terrible scan of a picture. That I'll put this up on my Twitter as well. Um, it's the 125th anniversary ceremonial sword. They asked Williamson Sword in London to produce a suitable piece of commemorative memorabilia for the 125th year. Uh, and this copy I've got has stamped across it only 22 left. <laughs> um, and there was a point in about 10 years ago when the antiques shop in Campbell Junction was actually selling one of the swords. Uh, but unfortunately, it was about $800, so I couldn't, uh, I couldn't possibly put upon myself what to actually th- uh, purchase what th- one. What do you think that that is worth? Or was worth in nineteen ninety six in in two thousand sixteen. Hey, yeah, well, it cost five hundred dollars. 
mm. at the time. Yeah. So 125th anniversary, presumably that's 1983, based on the old 1858 date, and <laughs> yes. not 1884, <80, laughs> based nice on throwback. my date. <laughs> so $500 in 1983. Mate, that's, you know, you'll probably buy a Toyota Corolla for that. All right, well, this... Um... So that's the challenge. I want somebody to... Somebody out there on Demon Land or Twitter or wherever has to own a 125th anniversary ceremonial sword. Well, I can tell you that uh, Leonard Joel Auctions um, it was in 2016 was selling the, the Ron Barassi collection. It's the Melbourne Football Club commemorative sword commemorating 125 years of the Melbourne Football Club engraved with the club statistics including VFL premierships, grand final captains and coaches Presented to Ron Barassi as coach of Melbourne Football Club. It was a limited edition. It was the number 31 of 125. If only they hadn't put the grand final captains on there, it would still be a relevant thing to give out today. (laughs) Nothing else would have changed. Estimated worth $600 to $800. Yep, the the old uh, Campbell Junction people, they had it right. And it was withdrawn. I've got it's it here got... on Carter's. Oh, they won't tell me without subscribing to Carter's Guide okay. to Antiques how much the sword would be worth. But someone out there must own the sword. And I must I must see it. I must see someone swinging it above their head. There's there was quite a f- lose a game. There was quite a few things uh that day being sold, Ron Barassi stuff. Uh there was a jumper uh that he wore. Um does it say for just 1982 in 1982? Uh, so he was a coach at the time. Yeah, he uh, loved he loved jumping. So he's up got as a the coach. and he had the 31, and it looks quite worn and uh, used at 300 to 500 dollars. It was 100 percent acrylic. Uh, <laughs> 300 to 500 dollars for a jumper. That's not bad. Yeah. And it's the disco, your favourite uh, disco yeah, blue. Exactly. Uh, With probably May Nicholas as the sponsor. The... An original Weg uh, uh, cartoon, uh, three hundred to five hundred of Barassi. <laughs> yeah, that's good. you know, I, I to have obscene amounts of money to the point where I could pay six hundred to eight hundred dollars for Ron Barassi's commemorative sword, or a thirty-one jump with with his name on it i my last attempt at buying merchandise was tipping out at a hundred dollars on the reese healy shanghai showdown jumper in the uh, recent melbourne football club auction once it got to a hundred i'm like i really love a jumper with number 50 on it with demons written in you know oh, there's some... mandarin or whatever underneath it uh, but i was like oh, i can't i can't go any further than that oh this is this is what you would want uh this was uh, an archive of Ron Barassi's coaching notes. So it's, it's got would. like typed up notes, but with his right handwriting sort of also on it. Ah, oh, two hundred to four hundred dollars. All these things were two hundred to four hundred dollars. Yeah. Why didn't I know about this? There was there was an auction at one point of um, it was just footy memorabilia, and there was one of them was just a gigantic box <laughs> of like handwritten scores, records, team sheets, all this kind of shit. And I got up to about five hundred dollars for it on this online auction, and then uh, then I, I pulled out there. I, I discretion kicked in when I'm like, "Hold on, don't keep trying to don't keep trying to pay five hundred dollars and get this box. And you're going to open it, and it's like the the North Melbourne under 19s team sheet from 1987." 
Uh, but there was a shitload of Melbourne stuff in there. That's why I wanted it. So I sort of had this fantasy that you could take the Melbourne stuff and then sell the other club stuff individually <laughs> and make your money back. Um, but I obviously, uh, yeah, chickened out when the price crossed 500 which you could buy Ron Barassi's sword for almost. There is a, another footy jumper that Ron wore in training during training sessions, uh, Melbourne jumper Disco Blue. Um, but the number, interestingly, looks quite like a digital sort of version of the number, not sort of... Not as round, sort of a bit square and boxy. It's quite interesting. Something like the World Cup where they've got this <laughs> Russian, the Russian numbering. Yeah, well, I wish I'd known about the uh, the Ron Fest because I, I definitely would have got into that. A collection of his books. This is, uh, <laughs> Books on coaching and motivation. <laughs> well, I probably don't need the, the motivational. <laughs> like how to just yell at people. Uh, where, where does that fit into... Uh, yeah, Ellingworth off Healy on. You give me possessions and I'll shut up and all that kind of stuff. Does that fit into it? Uh, get a time machine and go back to Sunday, 4th of September 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 4th of September 2016. <laughs> it's uh, the end of the the end of the ruse era. Things are looking up. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> but first, I'm going to go back to 96. And just cause like a commotion outside Dallas Brooks Hall, and you know, sort <laughs> of some... you know, ram knock the doors down with a battering ram or something, so that the the people can flood the hall and and vote the merger down, so we don't have to hear for the rest of our lives. Oh, remember the time your team voted itself out of existence? Oh, yeah, yeah okay. Remember the time that the two thousand proxy votes voted us out of existence and they locked everyone out of the room? Exactly. I'd like to I'd like to take that stain off our record. Well, I've got a DeLorean to sell yeah, you well, out I might, the What I might do is go back to 1983 and buy the sword <laughs> and then go forward to 96. That's right. Storm the hall, swinging the Melbourne Football Club 125th anniversary ceremonial sword above my head and see if I can you know, get the whole thing thrown out. It'll always be the dream. That will be. All right. Well, I think we've uh, certainly said enough uh, for tonight. Um We've got uh, a Twilight game. Uh, how how are you? Um, how are you for Twilight games? You fan fan of these ones? Not as much as not as much as I used to be when I lived ridiculously close to the MCG. I must say it will be uh, quite quite irritating for me. But nevertheless, I will uh, certainly be there in hope of uh, another great victory. Better better a Saturday uh, Twilight than a Sunday. Oh, exactly. And <laughs> they've come to their senses yeah. on that front. Um, I think maybe the last one we played of those was that Essendon comeback, the one where Aiden Riley killed the bloke. That was, <laughs> well, that was a 4.40 Sunday game. So that was one of the ones where you're kind of like, oh, God, all this, and I have to go back to work tomorrow. Exactly. And then we uh, stormed home to, to win. You know, oh, I'll go back to work, you know, all pumped up instead. Yeah. Yes, well, let's hope we can uh, go to work pumped up next week. So um, Exactly. Um. On that note, um, let's hear some uh, music from the 80s. Um, Beautiful sword. Sword, <laughs> sword in your hand. And let's go, those demons. All right. Uh, thank you, Super Mikado. Um, perhaps we'll be speaking with you next week as well. Thank you very much for having me. Not a problem. All right. Uh, my name is Andy, and we'll see you next week. Uh, but I will say, follow us on Facebook at Demonland. Uh, same on Twitter at Demonland. Follow us uh 
You can subscribe to us on YouTube and um, you can also um, download this podcast, which you're probably already doing, either through SoundCloud on our website, demonland.com, or subscribe to us through iTunes. And don't forget, please leave us some uh, positive feedback. Always good to get a five-star feedback, but um, yeah, every little bit helps. All right, we'll see you next week. Go those demons. <laughs>